And welcome to another episode of Chokesland Wrestling Report. Today, we are going to be talking about the TNT title. I'm sure a lot of you guys saw what happened on Wednesday and what the hell is AEW doing as far as trying to book this double or nothing. Also, uh, we're going to be talking about Impact Wrestling. Believe it or not, yes, we have a new power couple in Impact Wrestling and what happened at Rebellion and Nick Aldis back in impact we're going to be talking about that we're going to talk a little bit of wwe and much more so stay tuned to the chokeslam wrestling report we came out here to tell you to your face you can't get ready for us no sir oh my god thank you kitty you Welcome to another episode of the Choke Slam Wrestling Report, episode 136. Yes, believe it or not, 136. And we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff today, especially what happened in AEW on this past Wednesday. But before I start, guys, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check out the audio podcast. We're going to be also on the audio podcast on Apple, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, and any audio podcast platforms you got like to listen to my show. Also, you can also check out my uh, merchandise website uh, that is tcwrveryinkpressive.com. That's tcwr.veryinkpressive.com. So let's start it off real quick now. This week in AEW, we saw the TNT title change hand and whatnot. Um, oh my God, I'm sorry. Uh, you hear the other part of um, I click my phone and uh, you see me on YouTube live. Anyway, so this week again, uh, we got to see uh, stuff that I kind of like. I don't know. I'm kind of questioning what's going on in AEW. First of all, we saw the TNT title again change hands once again and whatnot. And this is what? Probably this year alone, about the fifth, sixth time that the TNT title has changed hands. But let me tell you something. The TNT title has become a freaking joke. And I don't know what else to say. The TNT title has become probably a 24-7 uh title now all of a sudden and the question is why in the hell they didn't leave the title with powerhouse hobbs powerhouse Hobbs had a you know momentum going now it is not powerhouse Hobbs' fault that he they put him with qt marshall why did they put him with qt marshall and his and, and his group of goons and the clowns it didn't make no sense to begin with. Powerhouse Hobbs has the Book of Hobbs, and they should have ran with that, the Book of Hobbs. But instead, they didn't do that. Powerhouse Hobbs probably had the belt probably, what? Uh, I mean, the, the, the probably not even a month and a half, probably, because 
He won the title right off at the revolution, three days at the revolution. So that was what, March? So he only had the belt for a month. The, the TNT title has become a joke and whatnot. It has become a joke. And, and, and there is nothing else you can say about this. You know what I'm saying? They, they, Warlow, I mean, Warlow, I used to be a big fan of Warlow. Now, Warlow has become a joke to me. They are not, they're not pushing him like the way he's supposed to. And when I, and what I'm, and I'm critching right now, just the thought of it, the fact that, you know, Bill Goldberg is still a free agent. He's talking about he's doing an independent tour for his retirement match because, you know, WWE never gave him a retirement match. So now, are we going to see Warlow against Bill Goldberg at All In? Ugh, that's going to be horrible. That's going to be horrible to think about. I mean, and then the AEW Dynamite started off this week. Again, Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, and a promo. Uh, and these two guys, when they got on the, on the mic, I mean, it became boring. It wasn't as exciting when they first went in there with MJF and there. MJF then then came out and made some sort of tournament. I mean, it looks like MJF is running AEW, whatever, because he's making up uh, uh, tournaments and whatnot on his own accord. You know, it just didn't doesn't make no sense. He's calling the shots. So now we had a tournament with one of the three pillars who was not the champion, according to MJF, the champion, who gets a first-round bye. So we had the Sammy Guevara against Jungle Boy, and that was supposed to be the main event. That alone, um, I was like, okay. They teased for the last couple of weeks. They've been teasing a four-way with the pillars from AEW. Now all of a sudden, here we are. Now there's a tournament. Darby Allen got a pass. He gets the rest of the winner of that uh, Wednesday night main event. So we, you know, right there, that to me, I was like, that was flag number one. Flag number two, the Outcast storyline. To me, the Outcast storyline, the Outcast overall project is a failure. Tony Khan, instead of using the females he had as far as the outcast, and you could have done it like an NWO type and whatnot, and push it to that level, make it seem like these females are terrorizing the girls in the back. But no, every week they put in a sky blue and Willow Nightingale, or if it wasn't Willow Nightingale, it was uh, Riho to fight the outcast, and they would get beat every week. And whatnot. And finally, they put Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter to wrestle the Outcast, which is Ruby Soho and Tony Storm, to go at it with Soraya and the outside. And at the end of that, we saw Britt Baker and, 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 and Jamie Hayter beat the Outcast. And I'm talking, I'm saying, okay, so now what? This storyline is over. You can't push this storyline anymore. You just defeated the. the the outcast. Now what? So it didn't make no sense to me at all. It didn't make no sense to me and whatnot. I'm looking at my notes here because I'm just going through what what I saw this past Wednesday. Then we see uh, a promo where they have Warlow in the back. 
getting interviewed, all of a sudden, R. Anderson pops out of nowhere and mentions something about the Four Horsemen. And I'm saying to myself, okay, cool. Now, about three years ago, I made a video where I said that the AEW should bring the Four Horsemen, or we're going to see the Four Horsemen. Yeah, I, I mentioned Sean Spears, FTR, and Cody Rhodes. Now, Sean Spears was, eh, figure, well, you know. But I figured Sean Spears could be in that group. It never happened. Now, all of a sudden, we have R. Anderson getting teamed up with Warlow as his manager. And he's doing this Glock thing and whatnot, which makes no sense, though. They're still running with this from two years ago. And I'm saying, okay. So what I'm seeing now is Warlow has a manager. And his name is R. Anderson. So he'll probably accompany him down there and whatnot. And when it's, you know, it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. I'm sorry, guys. You know, my phone's going off. I, I don't know why everybody's bothering me today, when, right now when I'm doing this podcast. But anyway, so then they had the Elite promo, which I think I'm still, I think I'm, I'm more excited about that than anything. Uh, we saw the Elite promo. And then um, next thing you know, uh, the, you know, the, the BCC or John Moxley music comes out and BC, uh, you know, the Blackpool Comeback Club attacks, uh, they leave from behind. They start battling outside. And at one point, Kenny Omega is getting, uh, uh, you know, outnumbered and Brian Danielson comes out. And then you see uh, Don Callis come out with a chair like he's going to do something. He goes back and then he brings Kanuska Takesta to come help the elite. And I said this two weeks ago, and I said, we are going to see Takesta be part of the Blackpool Combat Club. He's going to betray the elite. I see it happening, and I even see Don Callis turning on Kenny Omega. Because you remember, a couple last couple of weeks before this whole Blackpool Combat Club situation, even when the Blackpool Combat Club attacked the Young Bucks, you saw Don Callis kept telling Kenny Omega, don't worry about the Young Bucks, you know, you concentrate on you and blah, blah, blah. And we're going to see Don Callis turn on Kenny Omega, and especially the history that these guys have. I could go back before the pandemic, before Kenny Omega went to uh, to Impact Wrestling. Um, there was a match where Kenny Omega was in Canada. I think it was in Winnipeg, and Don Callis turned on Kenny Omega. Now, is it possible? Yes, it's going to be possible. I see it, and guess what? And the reason I'm saying this, because then it's a catch the goals and goals joined the uh, Blackpool Comeback Club. And I could see it because him and Brian Danielson has a little history, okay? Remember that. I just said that. Brian Danielson helped Takesta. Takesta did the same thing when Brian Danielson was feeding with MJF, right? We could see no other than Kota Ibushi coming in as the fifth member because remember there's a fourth member in the elite and that is hangman page he hasn't been seen in a couple of weeks but we could see it happening okay but as like i said before we could see kode bushi come in and maybe it may not happen at double or nothing but it could happen at all in now remember kode bushi participated on the first all in which he teamed up with the young bucks uh and i believe i don't remember who it was was i think it was a three-way i could be wrong but Kode Bushi was part of the Golden Elite back in 2017, 2018. So, um, 
I mean, it's it, you can't go wrong with that. You can't. You can't go wrong with that. I can see it happening and whatnot. Um, so, you know, let's see what happens. Um, another situation, again, um, after that, that's when we saw Warlow and Hobbs. And again, this match was quick. They made Warlow look, um, Warlow look like he was much superior than Hobbs. They just totally killed Hobbs' momentum. That's, that's all I got to say. Why did they team him with QT Marshall? The minute I saw that, that was a bad move. Bad move. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people say that I don't take shots at AEW. AEW's been like dropping the ball. And, and if they, they, I don't know what they're trying to build for double or nothing, but, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I still will order it, whatever, because, you know, that's part of my job, whatever, as part of my podcast, but I don't know. Jay White, AEW debut versus Commander was a good one. Jay White uh, had a great, great match with Commander. Commander, I just, the only thing I don't like Commander is he's too, he's too always concentrating on the ropes, doing too much acrobatic stuff. Now, there was a situation he did during uh, uh, the match with Jay White where he walked the top rope, did some whatever while Jay White looked at him. Uh, this has been going on for years. Okay, And the wrestling fans, of course, the, the trolls, the, the clowns in, in, in the wrestling community, oh, but, you know, he just looked at him while he walked. The Undertaker used to do this crap all the time where he walked down the rope and then he chopped the guy on the head. Okay? And Fantasmo does this on occasion in Japan. See, but the thing is, everybody wants to complain about crap when it comes to AEW. If it's WWE, it's fine. But with AEW, oh, the guy, you know, Commander was walking the ropes and Jay White was looking at him and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, are you serious? Are you really serious? So they made a big thing about that. At the end, uh, Jay White ends up winning the match, but the most interesting part that I saw that and um during that match was Sean Spears being in the just standing in the crowd, and after the match, him and Juice Robinson started going at it. I, I I don't know what's the purpose of that. I don't know if Juice Robinson and Sean Spears had beef before, but then it became a two on one, and then Ricky Starks joins in. So now it looks like Ricky Starks has a ally. I'm not saying a friend, but an ally in that little few he has with Juice Robinson. So then they had the Mark Briscoe FTR segment. I, I don't understand. What, I totally forgot that Mark Briscoe, Jay Lethal wants him to team up with him, which I mean, I, I, to me, I'm like, okay, whatever. Then they had the Chris Jericho and the Adam Cole promo. They were going at it back and forth until... I could not believe what I was seeing with my eyes. And that was uh, Britt Baker coming to save Adam Cole from JAS because Danny Garcia attacked Adam Cole once uh, uh, Adam Cole and uh, Jericho finished their promo and they started going at it. Uh, they started stomping on Jericho. They put the handcuffs, of course, handcuffs, on Adam Cole while Britt Baker was trying to save him, she gets attacked by no other than the Outcast, the same team they lost to her and Jamie Hayter. And my thing was, what is the point of that whole segment? 
So let me get this straight. You had the outcast, a failed project. Now you want to team them up with the JAS, okay? Team them up with JAS, which makes no damn sense because in case people forgot, the outcasts are supposed to be the ones that don't like the homegrown AEW. JAS has two homegrown AEW women, and that's Tavja Conti, Ty Conti, whatever her name is now, but she goes by, and Anna J. Again, not making no sense. I don't know what Tony Khan was smoking on Wednesday. Usually, AEW is on the ball this week. The last two weeks, they have not been on the ball. So it didn't make no sense to me. They tried to put, and I'm going to say it, they tried to pull a, a, a WWE move when Judgment, remember when Judgment Day, where I think Finn Balor and Edge wrestled in an I quit match, and Edge had to say I quit because uh, they had attacked uh, Beth Phoenix from behind. Uh, I believe it was Rhea Ripley, and they were about to hit over the Conchetto, and they still hit Beth Phoenix with the Conchetto. This was like exactly the same shit. The same thing. Anybody could tell me otherwise, please tell me if I'm wrong. But that's exactly what I saw and what reminded me of. Okay? Which was horrible. And then right after that, they ended up putting a match which didn't make another shit that makes no sense in Pittsburgh on Wednesday. Because then all of a sudden, we had JAS, Parker, and, and, and Daddy Magic against the Acclaim. And I believe it was uh, Jake Hager because the acclaimed Billy Gunn. I didn't care. Don't care for that storyline. Makes no sense. The acclaimed were the flavor of the month. They were world champions, tag team champions, and now they got them feuding with the JS. Okay? It didn't make no sense to me. Okay? And then, you know, I'm like, okay, this was up. So far, this, that show was totally horrible. Then we add the main event, which didn't make no sense either, because then at the end, Jungle Boy uh, loses to Sammy Guevara because, you ready for this? MJF helped him because MJF, I forgot to mention, that during the, the, um, the broadcast, MJF gave him a blank, uh, Sammy Guevara blank check, and he said, well, put whatever you want to write, whatever, and supposedly now Sammy Guevara MJF, you know, came to some agreement. So now Jungle Boy loses the match. Darby's in the Raptors, shaking his head. I believe, and somebody made sense of it, maybe at the end, MJF is going to, this is all going to blow up in MJF's face because I think they're still going to do the four pillars for double or nothing. You You cannot tease this shit and not put it. Because it makes no sense. It makes no sense. So we'll see if it happens. We'll see what it happens. So, you know. Also, so let's jump in real quick on Impact Pro Wrestling. And Impact Pro Wrestling, uh, anything, uh, they had Rebellion. I did not watch it, but I did see the out, the results. Uh, I was happy for one particular female uh you know, Diana Perrazzo, who I love to death. Diana Perrazzo is one of my favorite wrestlers. 
And I'm glad she's still in Impact. And she became, I believe, the third time knockouts champion by defeating the girl who I cannot stand, Jordan Grace. Yeah, I'm going to say it because she is nasty in real life, in public. So I'm glad she beat her. And Deanna Perrazzo is the knockouts champion again. But was really interesting was that her husband, Steve Macklin, became the Impact World Champion when he defeated Kushida for the, you know, for the vacant title, which, of course, Josh Alexander had to relinquish uh, because of injury. But an interesting situation that arose from Impact was the fact that Steve Macklin attacked Scott Demore and whatnot. And before that match started uh, of Steve Macklin and Kushida, Mr. Nick Aldis uh, announced that he had signed with Impact Wrestling. Now, it was shocking to see Mr. Uh, Nick Aldis back because I figured he'll probably be in AEW or, you know, maybe WWE. I knew he was not going to WWE, especially with Bruce Pritchard in there, the same man that disrespected his wife. So he wasn't going to WWE. So there you go. WWE again uh, misses out on a good wrestler. I saw Mr. Uh, Nick Aldis back in December against Jacob Fatu, a house of glory. It was a good match. I think that um, Fatu got hurt in that match and whatnot. So also, um, but Nick Aldis being impact pro wrestling is a very interesting situation and whatnot. But let me say real quick, the power couple of Macklin and Deanna Perrazzo, I think, them being tag, uh, being not taxing, but them being the world champions in their respective division is gonna push maybe impact a little further. Now they just added Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis could push impact out of that that damn decade old Dixie Carter cloud that they've been in for God knows how many years. It's been ten years already since Dixie was around, and now this is an opportunity for impact to make noise. The only thing is. Impact likes to do things. Um, I believe they're doing a pay-per-view, I think, in May. And, and I think it's the same the same night or the same weekend that AEW is doing double or nothing. Um, honestly, I don't know what's the problem with Impact. Um, they, they never get out of that, of that dark cloud. They are working with New Japan Pro Wrestling. They are planning to do a multiverse part two. I believe it's in August with New Japan. So that's a good signs for them. But if you look at their programming, their programming is not great at all. Okay. They, they, they're picking up Santino Morella being there. I don't know why is he there. You got Tommy Dreamer still around. And I know Tommy Dreamer's Bully Ray, another guy who, it's like they lift off these former uh, WWE guys, you know. And I'm like, I, I don't understand it. I think they could do better. You don't need to bring all these old guys um create new superstars you know what i'm saying you still got eddie edwards there you still got moose you still got sammy callahan and those sammy callahan all he does is gimmick matches you know that hardcore extreme bullshit and whatnot uh they, they could build something now you got nick aldis in there and then when you got steve macklin macklin i'm i'm happy for steve macklin because steve macklin i believe he was one of the retribution if i'm i'm not all, all the the Suns, whatever they're called, the, uh, the, the tag team that was in, in NXT before. But I'm glad for him because he he deserved it. The guy has done 
Steve Macklin, I, and I, I remember seeing him the first time in Impact, and I was like, this guy's going to be big. He's going to be one guy you got to watch. And, and I had so many, many uh, fantasy book in my head with, with Steve Macklin, but he's now the world champion. And I said it. I had predicted it. Like two, three weeks ago, I said Steve Macklin could become the world champion, even though I didn't see it. But I said he could be the world champion because I couldn't see anybody else winning it. I didn't see Eddie Edwards winning because Eddie Edwards has won it before. So it, it doesn't really matter. Um, so, um, but other than that, you know what I'm saying? Other than that, um, it's, it's, it's crazy. So, um, but, um, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do with, 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 with impact as far as how far they're going to go with, you know, uh, I think they could go far, especially with Nick Aldis. I see Nick Aldis being world champion. I don't see him real, happening real quick, but who knows? Let me read you some, um, Wrestling news and rumors. Will Ospreay was on the news this week. He said, I don't know how long this ride is going to be. Uh, he was in social media, and he reflected on his injury and being clear. He said, I got cleared two days ago. It's a weird one. I've seen my sio now for about five weeks, and I got range of motion back in my arm. And he got hurt during the World New Japan World Cup on his shoulder um, against, I believe, was his Mark Davis from uh mark davis from the uh, aussie open during that match he got hurt he said the strength is there somewhat but because i was able to complete four strength exercise apparently i'm medically clear it does feel a lot better but i feel there's still a lot of weakness in my arm the sensible answer to take is to take a little bit more time up on but over the last 48 hours i've been reminiscing and think about my 11 year career wow he's been around 11 years it's been incredible, but the one thing that has been constant, especially the last few years, is that the injuries have stacked up a lot more recently. It's because I'm getting older, I'm getting heavier, but because the that the moveset that I started when I was 22 years old was has kind of vanished and disappeared. It's not by choice. It's because my body can't do it anymore. I can't perform shooting star press safely anymore, so I decided it's best to cut it out. I'm not going to lie. I feel like my body and me personally, I'm deteriorating in front of everyone's eye. It's really upsetting, and it's because I choose to do this style. I understand the risks that come with this style, but it's one that suits me down to a T, and I think everybody enjoys it. I don't know if this ride is going to be a long one, if anyone understands what I mean. I didn't think it risked this far in my career anyway. I'm just going to enjoy myself and hope for the best. I'm going to have to change a lot of things, but I'm going to compete, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to do the best of my ability to do this as much as I physically can. I don't know how long this ride is going to be. I'm going to be on it. I hope you guys enjoy the ride. That's all. Much love, he said. Uh, Mark Davis from, um, you know, from Aussie Off in response to AEW Rampage, Rampage viewership. He said, hey, Tony, I got your Wembley headliner. I'm telling you, Aussie Open, a lot of people see them in Dynamite and don't see them as a good tag team, but you guys have not followed Aussie Open. I've been following Aussie Open since 2019, and these guys are no joke. The first time I saw them, they were going against the, the Gorillas of Destiny, and they gave the Gorillas of Destiny kind of scare a couple of times and whatnot. So nothing to be, you know, to be, to, you know, doubt. Oh, they're not all that. They, they And they just added, and they just added gold, as a matter of fact. They just won the uh, New Japan Strong Tag Team titles by beating the... Uh, by beating the uh, Motor City Machine Gun on Philadelphia Collision. So, 
that's that side of it. Also, Lance Archer beat uh I forgot who he beat, but he's up he's gonna be the guy gonna be probably wrestling Omega for that United States title. Tadahashi is hurt. I heard that he's not gonna be competing to roll to Don uh wrestling Dotaku. So he's out. So I don't know if he's gonna be able to wrestle May 26th. I think well, I think he should be able to because that Dontaku is May 5th, I think. So it'll be three weeks after, but who knows? So uh, we'll see. Court Bauer, an MLW owner, says that Richard Holiday is a free agent. Now, you don't know. God, if you guys don't remember, Richard Holiday came out with cancer. Uh, he used to be uh, Alex Hammerstone, tag team partner of the Dynasty, along with MJF back in the days. He has not wrestled, I believe, since September when he came out with cancer. So uh, he's now a free agent. So he's not going to be out there, but... Who knows? It's going to take time for him to come back to wrestling. Uh, you know, who knows? Uh, speaking of New Japan Pro Wrestling, Hiromu Takahashi said he would love to be at AEW New Japan Forbidden Door 2. He says uh, that he's interested in being in the event. He said, also, since I'm in America, let me tell you this. I could go, but there will be a Forbidden Door this year, right? Maybe in June. Forbidden Door. I'd love to be there. I never thought that All-Star Junior Festival that we did in Japan would be held here in Philadelphia. I'm sure Rocky did a great job with this. I heard Rocky Romero say he wanted to do it after watching the first show. I didn't think it would be held here in Philadelphia. I'm so excited. So it looks like Hiromu Takahashi wants to, uh, you know, wrestle at New Japan Forbidden Door. He was supposed to. Hiromu got hurt last year, so he wasn't able to wrestle. Goldberg claimed that WWE owns him a retirement match. I brought that up earlier. Anyway, he's a clown. Anyway, so speaking of wrestling, don't It was it's May third. Uh, the the card for that everybody has a world heavyweight championship: Nada versus Hiromu Takahashi. The never openweight championship: Tamatanga versus David Finley. I see David Finley beating Tamatanga for that belt. The never openweight six man tag team champion: Minoru Suzuki, El Desperado, and Ren Narita. Against Okada and two of members that will be announced from Chaos, probably the New Japan World Television Championship. Zack Saber Jr. will defend his title against Jeff Cobb. The New Japan Strength Strong Openweight Championship. Kenta will put his title on the line versus Hikaleo. Uh, Naido Taka, uh, Takaji and Bushi versus uh, Taishi Kanemaru and Duki. Uh, Shota Umino, Kushida, and Kevin Knight versus Aaron Hanari, Francisco Akira, and TJP. The uh, Michael Nichols, Shane Hayes, and Koshi Fujita versus Great Khan and Aussie Open. Hiroki Goto, Joshi Hashi, Toro Jano, and Yo versus Evil, Juhiro Takahashi, Show, and Dick Togo. So that will be the card for May 3rd. Mercedes Monet says rumors of New Japan Pro Wrestling deal expiring after the next match are from the truth. She said the rumors are so far from the truth. She said if it's if I'm not if it's not coming from me on my board, then how does anyone else know my business? None of it is true unless it's coming from me. This is a reminder that I'm a conversation starter. This is my new home. She's not going nowhere. So a lot of people love to talk a lot of crap, and most of the time they just want to talk. You know, WWE this week, um, I saw a little bit of it. Uh, the most stupidest thing I saw in WWE this week in Raw was 
Cody Rhodes went to do a promo. And Adam Pearce came to the ring and said that he was not medically clear. What's funny is, I love how WWE tries to insult people in intelligence. If he wasn't medically clear, what is he wearing wrestling trunks and boots for? And that's to make him more dumb. If he's not medically clear, he took out almost 37 security because he wanted to get after Brock Lesnar. This whole storyline becoming stupid. But I also heard Bully Ray on Buster Radio claim that they might be, the whole storyline is they might pull obstacle after obstacle after obstacle the obstacle to Cody Rhodes or to next WrestleMania where he will defeat Roman Reigns. The shit does not make no fucking sense. So let me just tell me, you're going to have Roman Reigns champion from now all the way to, what is he, who is going to wrestle from here to WrestleMania? doesn't make no fucking sense. It doesn't. It makes no sense at all. I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. It's just mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. They messed up this whole bloodline storyline. For what? Okay? For what? All you had to do was have Cody beat Roman for the belt. And his story would have been done. The story of him was him becoming the world champion. Something that his father never did. I don't get it. I just don't get it. And now, so we're going to wait till next year to see him beat Roman Reigns? Anybody's going to spend money in Philadelphia for this WrestleMania shit? I, 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 I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. So, it is what it is, but... um. That is it for me today, guys. I want to thank you for coming through, checking out the podcast, checking out the channel. Um, again, guys, if you want to follow me on, you know, on social media, you can follow my podcast and any other audio podcast. Also, the audio podcast, also, you will be listening to this. But you guys can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Also, you can follow my audio podcast, which will be the same thing as this. You can follow me on Apple, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, Popbean, um, Google Podcasts. You can follow me on any audio podcast, iHeartRadio, any podcast, audio podcast that you like to listen to your favorite show, you can find me there. Also, guys, check out my, uh, subscribe to the channel. That's number one. Hit that notification bell. Share the, the, the content. Let your friends know about my my channel also you guys could go to my store to my podcast store at tcwr very impressive.com that's tcwr very impressive.com i just said tcwr dot very impressive.com i can't talk today it's been a weird this is the part about when you do it live stuff you mess up you gotta go with it can't go back turn it off whatever I know you can follow me there. Um, again, guys, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Every week I bring you new uh, episode. And again, thank you for all the support. Until next week, guys, I am out of here again one more time. Um, please support the podcast, support the, 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 the store, and I will see you guys next week.